Punchboard Media, where we all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Gumbo Live. Here's your host, BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Hey, board gamers, BJ from Board Game Gumbo here, back with another episode of Gumbo Live. It's episode number 120, Gumbo Live, the number one Facebook Live talk show dedicated to board gaming. Our special guest tonight, we've got Philip Millman, the three-time champion of Baseball Highlights 2045. For anybody that follows his Facebook page, that's a story he's going to have to explain to you tonight. Board Game Gumbo, a proud member of Punchboard Media. Hey, check out some of our other fine members like Patrick and Eric in the morning. If you like morning shows, those zany uh, zoo-type shows, Patrick and Eric wake you up with game news, opinions, and friendly banner. And you can find it on the What Did You Play This Week feed, Punchboard Media, where we all bring something to the table. Hey, hit us up on social media tonight or on Twitter. <laughs> He's already making me laugh. Or on Facebook, at BoardGameCopmo. And we'll be looking for your questions in the chat tonight. But, <laughs> but blather, let's get right to our special guest. He can't hold it. It's Phil Millman. Philip Millman, welcome back to the show. Thank you, BJ. Thank you so lot. And welcome to all of you great fans of... BJ's Gumbo Board Games, or Gumbo, Board Game Gumbo, that's it. Look, you know, I love that little music. It reminds me of the time that I was playing ball down in Morgan City. We had a great time. Of course, we killed the competition, but it was just a great time. So happy to be here, happy to talk baseball, happy to talk about whatever you want. Go for it. <laughs> Philip. all right. So, Philip, welcome back to the show, man, the, the three-time baseball champion and you got complaining to do Philip. what does that mean because i know of only two championships and i was there for one of those so uh with the with the advent of unfortunately the pandemic which has ruined the opportunity for me to share my baseball prowess in person with other people i uh i got involved in an online board gaming uh baseball highlights online league uh, which we're hoping to invite you this year, that, and hopefully you can make time to play it. Uh, yeah. And so it sort of became the joke that this was going to be the pandemic version of the World Championship. I started the season one and four on an 18-game season. There I am, looking svelte as ever. And <laughs> love the shirt. Love the shirt. Our thank you from our placement uh, games. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yep, I love those guys. And uh, somehow I squeaked by into the playoffs. Uh, my first uh, playoff was against Alex Goldsmith, who you can see there uh, at his bachelor party. And he was really excited that I was there and talking about the win, the, the third world championship win. Look how, look how excited everyone is. They're just they're they're thrilled. They're thrilled. I, I don't understand why not. I mean, all my good friends are just so happy. You know, I love about these Steve, if you look at Philip's face. He's got the biggest smile ever, and it's completely oblivious to what every – I think that's what makes it fun, these yeah. pictures. The I fact mean, that the, you're oblivious to everybody else's reaction. <laughs> look, at Anthony, look at Anthony's reactions. It's almost, He's the one right above you, Philip. It's almost yeah. like Anthony's like, what is going on here? I love Sean's reaction, Sean Ramirez's reaction. I mean, oh, that's, that's just, that's just awesome. Eyeballs. Um, and and Jamie's Jamie's reaction is perfect too. So I I I, I love it. I mean, my, this humor, by the way, comes from I grew up in I grew up in New York. I'm a huge baseball fan, so Baseball Highlights 2045 does fill a niche for me. Um, and I also think it's a great game. But I, you know, one of the uh, commercials that I remember growing up to, and and you might be 
Yeah, even Jamie's unimpressed. Uh, that you might remember, BJ, because we're about the same age. Right. Is the, I think you're like 10 or 15 or 20 years older than yeah. me. We're about, we're <laughs> exactly. Uh, the old Bob Euchre Miller Lite commercials, right? So, you know, everything would be great in his view, and the whole world thinks he's a flipping moron. Right, and, right. Those are great. And so that's actually where I modeled this this bit after was after uh, Bob Euchre, whose humor, you know, and he went on to have a, a, an acting career. He did Mr. Belvedere. Uh, he still does color commentary for the Milwaukee Brewers, which is his hometown. Is he I would still- love to. Oh yeah, he's still doing it. He's ninety wow. years old and he's still doing it. Um, I would love to meet him and show him the impressiveness that is the Commissioner Ralph Trophy. There's me impressing the the fine folks at Broken Token. Hey, Mark is one of the chat crew. Every once in a while, Mark will check in. So I don't know if he's watching tonight, but there's Mark Rhodes from the Broken Token. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was he was thrilled. He was thrilled to 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 have seen it. So um, it, yeah, and there's my uh, good <laughs> good friends Corey. And uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn. Yep, uh, he just From had a baby. Games in Bourbon, Glenn yep. Flaherty. Yep. yep. Uh, uh, you know, we all live in the same uh, DC metro right. area. You guys are playing uh, captains of golf. That's yeah. right. So oh. another tie into the Morgan City. I on that stream, I taught uh, uh, captains of the golf by Jason Dinger. Uh, and you know, another buddy of mine. So great to live show. We got some people checking in. Patrick Newman, what's up, man? Good to see you. I am drinking Cinco de Bayo from Bayou Tesh Brewery right down the road in Arnaville. And Philip's got something even wackier than Cinco de Bayo. So I have a hard water drink from the great country of Georgia. Uh, this is called Borjomi. Is that and, Atlanta or is that close? No, no, to no it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's by, you know, by by Ukraine. Oh, that um, Georgia. Okay, got it. Yeah, that Georgia. It's Barjomi. Um, it's very hard water. It's like drinking from a lead pipe. Ooh. Ooh, wow. We've got, we've got a special guest in the chat, bro. Jay Bell, the potion explosion master. Look, mm-hmm. Philip, you're good, at, you're good at board games. Yes. Jay is really good at potion explosion. And yet, and yet, I don't think he's winning our league, Steve. I think that I think that Alora is just kicking everybody's butt right now. So we'll have to see about that. All right, we the, there's like hundreds of these pictures, man. Yes. I, I keep finding them, but I haven't seen any lately. Have you? Have you so, kind of? Well, uh, the, the the most recent one I believe is actually uh, the one at Alex's uh, party. I, I prefer these pictures to be with the with the person, like with Mandy over there. Who was gracious enough to listen to my stories? She actually really enjoyed them. I mean, she's just pretending. You can there. tell, yeah, yeah, you can, no, no. You can totally tell. And, and then, of course, uh, you know, my good friend R two D two. He was really happy to hear it. He actually scanned it, which I'm grateful for because my cat broke my trophy, and I was able to use R two D 2s scans of my trophy to be able to rebuild it and make yeah, it stronger. I've heard you finally got the trophy back, though. Is that true? It's true. It's it's sitting right back here. I would like to see proof because right. I, we have not seen this thing in a long time. All right. Well, just hold on, guys. I will go get it. Hey, Nick, while he's doing that, yeah, I'm drinking Cinco de Bayou. It is a Mexican-style lager right there from Tesh Brewery. So, Nick, next time you're in uh, Louisiana, stop by. Tesh Brewery has the Raging Cajun and the Cinco de Bayou, both of them. Excellent. Oh, here we go. So, oh. here we go. Here is the... Commissioner Ralph Trophy. It is made with premium trophy components. This is real brass here. That's why these ankles are so weak because it's so top heavy. And so uh, it turns out it was the cat who tried to blame it on Alex Goldsmith, but I saw through my cat's lies. 
So there it is. It is repaired. It still has the original engraving. That is a beautiful trophy. And you got that. Uh, there was a reason why you picked that trophy, right? Yes. Yes, there was. Um, we did a Star Search-like uh, – we did a Star Search type of event where we interviewed thousands of trophies, and this is the one that won. No. And uh, the one that won. <laughs> so uh, I, don't know, uh, I don't know if you know Kathleen Mercury from yeah. St. Louis. Um, you know, wonderful human being, um, great person all around. So she um, – I was talking to her, uh, Alex – a, a mutual friend of ours, Evan uh, Scussel, and I were talking about doing the big tournament uh, at uh, at the last Dice Tower. And when I was talking to Kathleen about it, she says, look, you guys not only have to get umpire shirts, which we have. I'm just wearing my Abbott and Costello All-Stars T-shirt or Love jersey, uh, which I wore to my first championship. Uh, <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, ding. Ding. We, should, we should ding Steve every time he mentions <laughs> <that championship. laughs> or drink and then we'll be all be smashed uh, and she said you know because of the artwork which you can kind of see in this uh, in this photo here you know it's a it, the artwork is very throwback to uh, World War uh, to uh, pre-World War II baseball and so we uh, I I was told that I should get a, a trophy that is pre-World War II and it's hard to see it on this monitor, but this trophy is actually from 1938 from some town called Avon park. And we have found three Avon parks, one in Ohio, one in New Jersey and one in Florida. We don't know which one this belongs to. We have not been able to trace anything else about it, but I found it on eBay for 12 bucks. This was actually the trophy. Yeah. You never forget your first championship. Uh, yeah. Ding. Ding. Uh, that, Steve, that's funny. Um, and so I had bought this to give to whoever the winner was going to be. It just turned out I had a monster set of games, and I just crushed the competition. Um, I made Alex cry again, and yeah, there we go. And you gave it to yourself. Hey, there's Bill Lasik, designer Koi, checking in. Hey, what's up, Bill? And thanks for the tip. I hadn't seen the strange things going on Kickstarter. If you don't know yet, Chris Strain, designer right down the road from Houston, he's got Asking for Troubles coming back with some long-awaited expansion content. Philip. Fans of Asking for Troubles has been waiting for this expansion for years since it first came out on Kickstarter many years ago. It went to breaking games, and I don't know what happened. It just We just never got to see the expansion content. Chris has it ready, though. Chris is going to be going to Kickstarter next month, so keep an eye. Have you ever played Asking for Troubles? No, never heard of it. It's a lot lighter than what you play. It's an introductory. You know, when people say, oh, I want to learn how to play worker placement, the two games they always do it's usually Stone Age or Lords of Waterdeep. Yeah. Acting for Troubles is is just as good as those and plays up to seven people and plays faster. So it's a great, it's a great little game. So I'm telling you, Steve, I can literally go through hundreds of these pictures. I mean, if you're gonna have Philip Millman, isn't two times Philip Millman better? It's like twice as good, right? Yeah, this is an old picture because that should say three times world champ now. You know, just, no, just this that. is your identical brother that you actually got him to wear the same shirt and everything like this with the same pose? You know, it, it's amazing. I, it's not actually a brother. It's a clone. A clone. And there's me with your son. There's Jack, uh, the, the first, well, no, actually the second baseball champion. Max right. won the first one, and then Jack won the second one, and then uh, Philip won the last two, and no one can do anything about it. Nah, you can't do it. nothing about it. I worked hard. I practiced hard. I lost hard. But then I won hard, and that's how you got to do it. You just got to play until you start bleeding. Okay, give us 
right here. Here's your chance. Okay. Give us, if you had to give one solid tip to mm-hmm. baseball highlights, 2045 players, mm-hmm. what is it? What, play, what, play against Alex Goldsmith. No, what's the secret to the room? Give it to us. Uh, you know, it's actually, it's, so there, I would, I'd say there are two things. The first thing is, uh, it's Moneyball. Millipillman. <laughs> Millipillman. <laughs> I don't know why that cracked me up. <laughs> uh, it's Moneyball, right? Moneyball. If, you, if you don't have the money, you're not going to be able to, to last in the later games, right? It's a seven-game series at most uh, when you're playing just a normal two-player. There, there's me with my younger my younger self with some of the some of my buddies from high school. You're going to remember, I, I love this picture. I think this is just fantastic. Man. Yeah, and, and look, you know, we won. Uh, it was fine. There's me. You know, I know Bert over there hasn't shaved in a while, but it was fine. Uh, Wait, which one is Phil? Which one is Philip? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's the. Yeah, I don't. I would never wear purple pants. And where uh, where, where is Chewy's medal? Because I saw Chewy get a medal. Uh, you know what? I, I I think I took his medal too because I beat him at baseball. There's this me with the, my favorite by all of all those Photoshop ones. This is my favorite because <laughs> there's the babe going. Get a load of this guy. <laughs> Look you know, at this guy. Get, you know what? get a load of this guy. You know, you know, he, he actually likes me because, you know, Babe is from Baltimore. I happen to live in, 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 in Maryland. So, you know, we're both Marylanders. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> DJ Morgan, I've got my guest here, Philip Millman. We're talking everything baseball highlights 2045. But I want to bring in Steve to talk about something that's kind of important, something we talked about before the show, Philip. If you've, mm-hmm. if you've been on social media at all the last couple of weeks, you know that around the country, our friends from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast, we're just seeing crazy things happen. Steve, what's, what's going on? Well, you know, um, first of all, hello, Philip. Good to see hello. you again. Hello. Good to see you again, Steve. Good to see you again, too, BJ. Uh, we had talked about this maybe using some time on Gumbo tonight to maybe raise some funds for disaster relief. Uh, with the yeah, don't beat the Wookie. Um, with the, the with the let with the Wookie win with the hurricane recovery in the Gulf, um, and people getting hit even harder again now with, with with already softened wet ground. Another one coming through the Houston area. Um, the fires in the Pacific Northwest. Friends in the game, the Gateway and Filler Game Group chat. We're thinking of ways that we could raise some money, and we're going to take the take a cue from Beth, who was who was thinking this way too. And I'm going to put up, uh, you know, what we would call, I guess, a, an NPR or a PBS matching grant. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you in the chat can hear our voice and can pledge to give something to whatever disaster relief organization of your choice, say you will in the chat. Say I'm going to give something, and up to two hundred and fifty dollars, I will match each person. Who who donates with a twenty five dollar uh, amount? So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little bit of research and find one that I think is a pretty good disaster relief organization, and hopefully you all chime in and, and do some of that as well. And we'll be raising some good funds to help people who need to recover from the next horrible thing that There's 2020 so has to throw at us. So I mean, we're, right now we're we're still going through yet another tropical storm yes. passing yeah. overhead. Uh, it keeps coming in waves. So if I lose internet tonight, you're going to know what's the reason we got. <laughs> I mean, to, to, to say what 2020 is, all I have to do is tell you that we're in the middle of September and we're at tropical storm beta and it's only yep. September. We still have yep. two months to go. Yep. 
Oh, and so Verla's chiming in. She's going to be helping us keep track. If we every everyone you know, we we joked in the uh, in the green room beforehand, we need a little ding button every time somebody you know you know chimes in a little ding. Um, if we get to ten, that'll be two fifty that will kick in. I'll tell you what. I'll start it off and I'll put in fifty. Oh, Philip, Philip, Philip's you, man. the man. All right, okay. ding, ding, number one. I thought I would get two dings out of that. I mean, it's twice twenty five, right? Ding, ding. <laughs> there you go. Two dings. BJ Morgan, well, I've got my guest here, Philip Millman. Steve and I are talking some of the spicy hot games we've played recently. And one of those games is a game that's not out yet. So I'm kind of hesitant to talk about it. But you can always hit me up on Facebook or Twitter, and I'll get you into it. Uh, it's called Mandala Stones. It's by Philip Glowich, and it's going to be published by Boards and Dice. Boards and Dice, Philip, you know those from – you know, so many great games. In fact, one we're going to be talking about in a little while. They bought out NSKN games, and they make a lot of the games that I like. Uh, some good, deep Euros. But one of the things that Philippe wanted to do is make a classic, a classic Azul-style uh, abstract game that just feels timeless. And he looked, and he looked. Mm-hmm. He kept working on this design. He kept thinking, there's got to be something better out there. And he never could find anything that his friends liked as much as this game he did, Mandala Stone. So I got a chance to play it for the second time. I played a little bit with Eric Bushimi, and I had to leave. So I got Philippe to, uh, to actually Reiner uh, from Boards and Dice to teach me. And this is the basic layout. Look, if you look at it already, you're thinking, this is an abstract game, right? Mm-hmm. What I love about it is that simplicity. You know, like Azul, there's really not that much going on. It's the depth of the decisions within those couple of markers. David mm-hmm. Church said on a uh, podcast recently, and, and David makes – you know, super heavy games, right? Uh, loves making all these heavy games. But he said, if I ever made a simple game, I'd want it to be one like this where the decisions are simple, the, the, the actions in the game are simple, but there's so many branches of why it's important to take these actions. And that's the Mandala Stone. So you see the stones that are laid out in that, in that center square. But what I want you to look at is those black ones. I forget what they're called. I think travelers. And those black ones determine your actions. When, on your turn, the only two things you can do is move one of those black towers to one of those colored spaces that you see in between them. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you get to take all of the stones around it orthogonally that match up to that symbol. There's only two symbols, kind of the star one and kind of the moon one. And you take all of those and then you put them on your board and you can see the player boards around. The trick is that when you move that, it's got to match those that match that symbol. And also, if there's a traveler next to one of these other towers, you can't take that one. Mm. Okay, so that's that's the only thing you can do in your turn. Other than the second part is to score. So when you score on your turn, what you're basically doing? Well, it's not. Good. Yeah, there we are. So there, there's those black ones that I told you about, and those little colored rings. That's where you're going to move the traveler. And then you're going to take the, the stones that are all around it that match those things, and you're going to put them on your player board. That's, that's the oh, score. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, you're going to put it. Let's see if I can get to it here. There's your player board. So you put out the stones one at a time in one of those spaces. you got five spaces. Each of them are different scoring. One all the way to the left. When you score, you're looking for the height of the towers. If you have zero, one, two, and three, you're going to score four points. The rest of them are looking for how tall is your tower. If there's if on that second one that you can see, if there's only one stone there, when you score, you score four points. The, the fourth one, if it's four stones high, 
it's six points. Here's the trick, though. Remember, you have two actions, moving that traveler and taking the stones, and the second action, scoring. But you only score if the colored stones match. In other words, if you have red on the first, second, and third, but yellow on the fourth and fifth, you're only going to score in the first, second, and third. So what seems like the simple, tiny little game, all of a sudden just, oh, it's just, oh, no, that's also a, a <laughs> great game. All of a sudden it just melts your brain. And as you're trying to move those travelers, you're really trying to maximize your points as you go in. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved Mandala Stones. Everybody I've played with so far says, wow, this game feels like it's been around forever. No, there's no theme out of thematic Euro. It's just a beautiful abstract that plays simple. It's easy to teach and it plays within 30 to 60 minutes. So it's going to be in that power hour game. What do you think? Mandala Stone. It's going to be coming out this fall. It's like an Essen type release, but oh man, I'm super excited about it. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, and I love Azul, um, especially um, Summer Pavilion. Mm-hmm. I do like some of this, you know, the, the abstract games. Um, Why do you like Azul so much? Why do I, I like Azul? Pavilion's the best one out of the three, by the way. I'm sorry? I think Azul Summer Pavilion is the best one out oh, of the three. Oh, 100%. Um, I, number one is very good. Number three is fantastic. Number two, it 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 was a sequel that never should have been made. Uh, <laughs> but it's just my opinion. Uh, I, like Azul, I like Azul because of the depth of the decisions. Any game that I play, I want a game that's going to be of interesting decisions. So one of the reasons I like Baseball Highlights 2045 is every – Every series is an interesting set because you have you know all these unique combination of cards and how are you going to play them? One of the reasons I like heavy euros because I like games with interesting decisions. This looks very interesting and it's something I know I could get you know because of the it doesn't have the high time commitment of a lot of euros that I like to mm-hmm. play. This one probably is something I would pick up pretty quickly. What is the time frame on this, BJ? He said it was under sixty, right? Under yeah, 60? yeah. In a teaching game, or could you would you be down below that after you knew the the rhythm of it? We would get a two player game. We get it to thirty minutes. That's what I was wondering. I I don't want the box or anything like that because I'm just going by memory. But that's what I remember. It's going to be one of those fifteen to twenty minute per person type games. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it just you know since there's only two actions on your turn, it plays super quick. You know. I would like to say just as a quick aside, Alex Goldsmith is now on the chat. Mm-hmm. He says he feels like the quality of the show has really gone downhill. There he is. I would like to I would like to say that, you know, um, Alex, I want to congratulate you on your nuptials. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm yes. very happy for you. As someone who just celebrated his 30th wedding anniversary, as Steve has just celebrated his 25th, and as BJ has just celebrated his 30th uh, a few months earlier, you know, we're very happy for you and congratulations. And yeah. and look, and we understand why you, you know, you're sitting out this year's online baseball highlights 2045 leagues because basically you don't want to lose to me again in the playoffs. But be that in a minute, we wish you the best. And and I think this is the best episode BJ has ever done. So just leave it there. It's in the top one, the top one that I've done this week for sure. That's $10 for Board and Dice. Check it out when it comes out. It's an Essen release. Uh, if anybody wants to play on Tabletopia, hit me up. I've got a link to it, and I'm happy to teach it. I can teach it. Oh, yeah? Oh, good. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. We good. will do that. Somebody Did was you? asking about whether you were playing on TTS or Tabletopia, so that's good that you threw that oh, in. Oh, it's on Tabletopia? It is on Tabletopia. Super easy, barely the inconvenience. I've got the link, and you can do it on your browser. You don't even have to buy okay. Tabletopia. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's all okay, good. Cool. So, I'd, yeah, like to, I'd like to do that. Before we move on, we got a couple of people. I think I saw some people also um, – 
Don't Bill, know. Was that Mr. Sean? Bill, Bill definitely kicked yeah, in. Yeah, Bill would Mr. Sean. Yep. Oh, and Sean did 50. Yep. It doesn't matter which one. It's it's the, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you do your research and you think what works for you and thank, that counts. Thank you, Bill. And thank, thank you, you guys. Sean. Thank you, Mr. Sean. That is fantastic, man. Congrats. Awesome. Good, good job, guys. Get that, ding, checkbook, ding. Out. Get that checkbook out. You're going to have to pay. Coming. We got some friends on there. Yeah, Verla, at some point we'll get you in on that Mandela Stone Judge. We should do it on a Friday night, Verla. Let's get, let's get our Friday night uh, crew to do it. I love the colors. Colors checking in. And by the way, I talked to Philippe about those colors. The colors are going to be absolutely as close to colorblind friendly as possible. Good. They're, they're working on all the different colors. So you're not going to see your typical pa- you're not going to see your typical primary colors. It's mm-hmm. going to be color fit in all of the different, you know, ways as best as they can. So that's great. that is that's going to be good. BJ Morgan, I've got my guest here, Philip Millman, and we're talking with Steve about some of the spicy odd games recently. Hey, our, our Gateway and Filler Games group is expanding and broadening our horizons. Mm-hmm. We've been playing to walking. Not very well by me, but <laughs> maybe you can give me some tips. Tell us about your recent plays of Teotihuacan. Is this so, a new play or you've been playing it for a while? So um, I played it I played it a bunch uh, when it first came out, and then um, recently I played it again. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with two board gamers. They have an Instagram. It's Carlos uh, Martinez and Nancy Fernandez, who also live in the D.C. area. Um, and so uh, we went over to their house and played uh, Teotihuacan. Uh, with all the expansions, and I hadn't played with the expansions before, mm. and so it was a lot of fun. Um, oh, and, I haven't played the expansions. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought it added some interesting decisions. So uh, it adds another god board, which allows you to do some things. It gives you some asynchronous uh, powers, and so everybody has a little bit of a different focus, uh, which I thought was great. The the scoring, with the exception of Carlos, poor Carlos, was very tight. Uh, I did not win. I came in second which made Carlos very happy. Whenever I don't come in first, uh, sort of like with Alex, uh, he's very, very happy. Uh, so what's he, what's he saying? Who's your base? Your who's my baseball team. Uh, I'm a Mets fan, but this is uh, the Castello life. Blaseball. What's blaseball. Blaseball. I don't, I don't know that. Reference. I don't know the link. Yeah. What's baseball? Well, we're going to check that out, man. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Anyway. So um, the, uh, I, I just, I really like the I, I really like the the way the dice uh, the, the dice are the you know the workers they are mm-hmm. workers but as you use them they go up in value and then at mm-hmm. one point they die and they ascend to heaven and then they're reborn as a one and so just trying to play and when you ascend you get all these special abilities so I really like games that allow you to chain you know bonuses and so uh, yes Nancy and Carlos have a great idea. And they are such awesome people, by the way. Uh, I mean, they're just great people. Um, and so they, it, I like the way that chaining of actions. That's why I, I like Lisboa, because you're chaining actions. Vinos, I'm, I'm a big Vital Lacerda fan, if you can't tell. Oh, yeah. Or, Gal- or, 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 Gal- or uh, Galarist. You know, where you're chaining these things. And it, when you get it just right, you feel just absolutely brilliant. And when you... When you mess up, you feel like a dunder. Nick, dunder Nick has. Nick wants to know what, what if you had to pick one expansion, which one did you pick first? <laughs> um, that's one so far. Oh, that's the. Uh, see, the problem is I don't remember their names. It's the second one that comes in the small box uh, first, and then the the bigger box one. I, I but I just don't remember the names. I'm sorry. The only one I remember was late preclassic period. Yeah, I is think that it's the bigger one. That's the bigger one. I think it's the one after that, where, which gives you the asynchronous powers. Okay. Uh, I happen to really, really like it. Interesting. So, 
so I've, I've played that a couple times. I played it once with a uh, two player with my wife, just to remember the rules. And then we played with Nancy and Carlos as a couple, as a couple's game um, a few weeks ago. And I, and I just, it's, it's such a nice game because, and also the tactile feel of mm-hmm. building up the pyramid and playing and the dice. And I'm not rolling dice, which for me is a great thing because when I roll dice, <laughs> I lose. Uh, I, I hate that. So I, I'm starting, this is not, now I'm on my third play of it right now, and I'm starting to kind of see a little bit of it. It's, it's as you said, chaining the actions. Verla has also said that trying to get your workers to ascend as quickly as possible is another viable strategy yep. because of all the bonuses you get. But I love the fact that when you, when you make, when you do something, it's like a lever that's almost making other things click. You know, yeah. if, you have it set up right, if you have your dice set up right. And that's where I'm always jostling for position where I'm trying to get my dice close enough to where I can get that three dice on the, on, on yeah. the same part and giving you that really strong action. But maybe I'm wasting time doing that. Well, uh, you know, I, what I really like is there's a, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of different um, paths to victory. Mm-hmm. And 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 no one is is going to be a sure win, right? Um, and so, you know, I I tried something in this last play where I got a bunch of dice all near, you know, all in the four or five range, and then they all ascended at once, right? Oh, this one wow. big play because I had this little token that allowed me to bump up two dice, mm-hmm. and it just, you know, it just. I was doing really poor. I wasn't doing well on the points. And then all of a sudden, because I was able to ascend three times, I just, you know, stormed the gates as it were. Right. And that was fun. It was very clever. I mean, ultimately, uh, Nancy won because uh, she played better than I did. But uh, but it, it was just a lot of fun. And it made me feel smart. And it just kept me engaged in the game and trying to make sure that when I do stuff, I had enough cocoa to pay for everything that I did. Right. Uh, I, I just like games like that where, you know, the more you start chaining stuff together – uh, the more interesting it comes in. And it really creates sort of not quite engine building, but it certainly, it, re- it requires you to think at least three or four steps ahead. And, and I just mm-hmm. enjoy that. I just enjoy that type of stuff. Yeah. You talked about the tactile nature too. The pyramid itself is so much fun to build. Yes. But what I also like, and this, this adds to the replayability, at least the times that I've played, the board has never looked the same. The, That's right. The, mm-hmm. the orientation of the different boards as you play yes. around are always different so the one game where you think oh i've got this and three spaces away is this and i'm just going to keep hammering that all game the next time you play the board looks different you can't do that little strategy that's right and and we had a a particular board set up where you know the the they build the uh to build the um pyramid action was before you got the stones. So you're like, oh, ouch. <laughs> cool. and, and I was like, Carlos, how did you set that up that way? But it, it's fine. Um, There's so much going on in that game where you can be getting points from many different areas that you you can't be everywhere, but that's you have right. to be careful with where you want to be. That's and we right. have not seen so far in some of our online plays a, ways to, a way to really make the mask strategy work. Have you found that yet? To the, uh, to my the, first, the set my, collection working in that one? Um, it depends on what comes out when. Yeah. Right? Uh, so my very first game of Teotihuacan, uh, the masks just came out when I needed them to. Mm-hmm. And so before the first epoch, which is the first scoring mm-hmm. round. So there's three scoring rounds, and they're called epochs. Um, and they come faster and faster. I had five different masks. Wow. wow. Okay. Okay. At the first, at the wow. first epoch, and you get them each time. And and I was able to add on to them, and so I was just yeah. that that was just. But 
it was because the masks came out mm-hmm. as I was going up the God tracks and a couple other places. And I just right. like, you know what? It, Go with it. it just, it just worked great for me. And and I love the fact that you can lock dice to get like special, special bonuses. And that, right. that to me was just a lot of fun. Right. I always unlock them, but it cost me so much of that, uh, you know, that the resource I forget what is it? Coco? Yeah. The Coco. Yeah. Coco. So, mm-hmm. Did I leave a lot? Am I making a mistake by just you know, by trying to unlock them? Well, oh, trying to unlock them. Uh, so it, it depends. It really depends on, on a couple of things. But I had a special power that made it that it made sense for me to lock them because mm-hmm. oh, we it's also three, ha- three cocoa to unlock everybody. So yeah, if you everybody. lock lots of them, you can yeah. you can get um, all of them back for one. one so unlocking one is very shot. inefficient, which yeah, is why so I did you, it. Yeah, so you want to unlock all of them at the same time. That's correct. Right. But uh, but I had also had a technology that every time I unlocked a die, I got four victory points. Uh, so I, you know, that was another thing that I was just kind of rushing through too. Mm-hmm. Nick wants wants to know what's your favorite sort of game, and and have you played Mercado yet? Um, I have. Uh, so Mercado is the new game on Kickstarter. Right. Um, I have not played it, but I did back it because um, I just tend to back it. So my my favorite Lacerda game is it Vinos. Hmm? Ooh, it, it's a it's a tough one. Um, so my. <laughs> I'll tell you what my top three grouping is because it's it's really because they and they 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 I don't have a top, but the three that I really love are Vinos, uh, Lisboa, and the Gallerist. I can play those. You know, say hey, I want to play. Oh, yep, let's let's get it up. Um, the one the the ones that I'm not the one I really don't like is Escape Plan. I thought okay. it just it just did not do it for me. And I saw and I know what he's trying to That's do there. Supposed to be the most thematic of out of all of them. It is the it is the most thematic and it's the one I don't like them. The mechanics just didn't do it as much for me. Um, Kanban is good, but I haven't played it enough to really have a strong opinion on it. And I, and I, and unfortunately CO2, CO2 is on my shelf of opportunity. Oh no. A Lacerda that you haven't played yet. Yeah. You know, there's only, I just, I mean, it's a, it's a cooperative, so I should probably play it and just get it over with. But I think Nick's right. He meant to ask this question. Lacerda. And why is it Lisboa? <laughs> I, one of the things I, I really Lisboa. like about Lisboa, by the way, What's and that? this is something that I also like in games, and uh, is that I love the fact that each card is a piece of history. It's all at, you know historically accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great gameplay. The artwork by Ian O'Toole is phenomenal. I love it. Um, and you know the buildings and trying to score points. And the only thing I don't. The only thing that gets a little wonky for me in that game, it's the one criticism I have, is the decree cards. They can be a little bit too much. And mm. I think the, the, the new Queen's variant where you where you you're basically stop the decree cards might be an interesting variant. So I'm going to really look at that. It's the one thing I'm not 100% on Lisboa, but the rest of it is, is phenomenal. And so other games that I like that are also historically based are like PAX Premier 2.0 by Cole Worley. Uh, I mean, that's just amazing. That's an amazing game. I, I like this world. That's, that's definitely the, the top yeah. one that I've played. BJ Board Game Go. I've got my guest here, Philip Millman, and we're talking spicy odd games. One of the games that we've been talking a lot in our little uh, text group is Cascadia. It's out mm-hmm. on Kickstarter now, but Steve has got a chance. I haven't yet. Has, yep. has got a chance. Have, 
he has gotten a chance to play the uh, solo version. Is that right, Steve? Yeah, yeah I have. Yeah. And I just want to give a, a little refresh of the message here at the beginning of things. Uh, we're sure. about halfway through the show. Uh, since we're talking about Cascadia in the Pacific Northwest, we mentioned at the beginning of things that we're going to be trying to raise some money for uh, relief, uh, for both hurricane relief and the relief from the fires in the Pacific Northwest. So while Cascadia is on our mind and we think about those friends in the Pacific Northwest, I'm asking if anybody would, would, would pledge to donate something to a relief organization of their choice, I'll match it. If you pledge to do something, I'll match $25 up to $250. So all you have to do is say in chat, you're going to pledge something and you're costing me money but putting it to a good cause. So throw that out there again as a little refresh to the message. Cascadia is a fun little puzzle of a game. Now, again, BJ's right. I've only played this solo, and I have seen uh, prototypes of it in person at PAX, uh, but I think there's been a whole lot of development in how it looks since then. Um, It is tile laying. It is tile drafting. And you have to select both in each round that you're playing. You're selecting, as BJ's showing up here on the screen, you're selecting a pair of tiles, a tile that you'll place as part of your tableau, as part of the um, as part of the landscape, and an animal that you'll have to then place in that tableau in one of the areas, in one of the land the areas that it can fit in. And I think they've got things like wetlands and the, the mountains and the, the rivers and the um, forest, etc. Each of them has a particular area where they can go, or perhaps multiple areas. You've got to place both of them in every turn. So you've got to be carefully picking what you can place for land and what you can place for animals. The big scoring comes from the animal, um, the animal award cards. And if you put that up on the next screen there, BJ, um, that shows you how these animals like to be placed in the wild. Um, so the bears, for example, like to travel in pairs. The bears in pairs, you have to have two of them, and if there's a third bear, you don't get your points for it. So they're traveling in pairs of two. Um, the hawks like to fly alone from above, so they don't want any hawks in, in, uh, in tiles surrounding them. The salmon have to create a run. They can't loop back on themselves. They can't connect, but they create I, I a line that can go anywhere. Mechanic. Isn't I that clever? Yeah, super clever, man. I don't know why the elk want to walk in a straight line, but they do. <laughs> Apparently, that's the way they score. And the foxes want to have as many different kinds of animals surrounding them as possible. And when you put all of this together at the end of things, there are some ways that you can break the rules of the game, but you're basically trying to lay out a continuous um, tableau of the landscape. You get points for the biggest contiguous areas of of the different five landscapes, and you get scoring points for the animals that you lay down in those connections. It's a clever little um, puzzle of a game. I thought I might get tired of it playing it solo. Every time I stop and think, all right, that's enough. I think maybe one more, see if I can beat it. And, and even the idea of just trying to beat your high score rather than playing against somebody else. I know that's like kissing your sister for some folks. Um, this is a, this is an appealing game. It's, it's themish. I would call it theme adjacent, um, <laughs> but it's good. It's good. And I would look forward to getting it on the table in real life. I, th- I like that there's some thematics with Cascadia. We've talked about Cascadia t- a couple of times mm-hmm. leading into the show. But one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up, and Phil, mm-hmm. I wish, I wish, I think companies are doing this more. Some one of the ways to get excitement on a Kickstarter, or even to get people to look at your game, is to get people to understand the mechanics and see how much fun they are. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, one way, of course, is to put Beth Sobel's name on it or Ian O'Toole's name on it, and you're going to get people checking and clicking your Kickstarter. Right. They may not back it. They may want to take a look at the mechanics. And this gives you a chance for free to play a little quick solo game. Hey, as Steve mentioned, they don't have all the cards. They just have five right. basic cards, right? And yep. you're just competing against yourself. Although I've heard I've heard people are playing against their spouse or friends at the same yeah. time and still making it sort of into a game. But it gives you 
just a little taste of the game and made more. Now, I've been fortunate enough to actually play the game a couple of times. I love Cascadia. I absolutely recommend it uh, for anybody that likes puzzly little one-hour you know, type of abstract type games. This game is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's, it's from the same company flat out that put Calico. And if you've seen any of the pictures out there, Philip, about Calico, it's mm-hmm. every bit of beautiful and as puzzly. And, and it's got some depth to it that you that doesn't appear from a game about making cats mm-hmm. yep. fall in love with quilts. I mean, because that's the elevator pitch. You're trying to get cats fall in love with quilts. And it, it, it seems like that would be a really simple game, but it's not. And, and Cascadia, I think, Steve, you'd agree has that depth every time you have the ability to break the rules a little bit when you need to, if you've collected the right kinds of tokens or laid the right tiles. Um, but even that is thinking at the point where, where do I need to break the rules? Where do I need, where do I need that, that salmon to go where, Oh, we got to get a hawk right here. It's clever. I posted the link in the chat there. You can see they've got both the, um, the link to the rule book and a way to play the starter game there. It's, it's again, BJ's right. It's the same starter tiles each time, but it's a different draft of tiles each time. Uh, and you'll get the flavor of it and know whether you want the game or not. Have you, have you played either one of them, Cascadia or Calico, uh, Philip? I have not. Uh, I have not. It, tiling games are not usually my thing, hmm. um, but it does, look, it does look very, very interesting. So I will, I'm going to check it out. And quite frankly, a $29 uh, price point right. on Kickstarter uh, that's a game I can play two or three times, and if I don't play it again, sure. I've hit I've hit my, you know, I've, I've hit my price point, you know, per per hour type of thing. So I want to definitely check it out. Philip's more about For, laying laying the smackdown than laying tiles. But well, you know, the, the real question idea. is, does it have a trophy? It does not have a it, trophy. It, yeah. it For twenty nine bucks, you get a beautiful game and a lot of it, especially if you get the Kickstarter because. Flat Out always throws in extra promo cards, and you're going to like that. So take a look at that one if you get a chance. We'll put the link to that in there, too. That's good. Be yeah, I actually have them. it saved. I actually have that game saved as something I was looking at to see whether I wanted to back it. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, try the solo and see what you think, Philip. I, I absolutely. See if you can beat Steve in his score. What's your score, Steve? Best one right now is 93. 93. All right. And of course, Jay just posted 95. Um, I think Beth really, still has Dave. him. Really, Dave? Too soon. Too soon. Never too soon, Dave. Thank you, for, thank you, Guardian Angel. <laughs> All right. I've got my guest here, Steve and Philip Millman. Philip Millman, the three-time Baseball Highlights 2045 champion. And the last game I want to talk about is a t- we're, going, we're going from tail to organ, but now we're going to talk about a tiny little 18-card game designed by Elizabeth Hargrave, a game I've played, a game Steve's played, and a game you've played, yeah, Tussie. just so Tussie. it Musty um is a is a little game uh, plays in about fifteen minutes, and it's just so clever. Uh, it's also got art by Beth Sobel, so there's the tie-in, and it's it's ridiculously fun for a little game that it is. Basically, uh, the theme, and this is a theme that's tacked on at best. Uh, you are. It's basically as you uh, you're getting four cards in a hand, and, and the the main mechanic here, uh, you know, whoever has the most victory points wins after three three rounds. But the main mechanic is the person takes up two cards, looks at them, turns one over sh- to show the person who's going to choose which card they're going to take. So they can either ch- take the card that they see, or say, "All right, I think that card's not as good. I'm going to take the other card." And then you have to lay out the the cards, whatever one you chose, into 
uh, from, you know, basically each card has to go to the right. And then at the end, each card will tell you how you're scoring points. And some of them have conditions and, and cards with hearts will score one point. And it is just a lot of fun. It's a perfect little game if you want to take it to when you can go back to restaurants or if you're in an area where you can go to restaurants. <laughs> right. Um, uh, have but, you been listening to Abby and Alex's conversations? Because she says they were just talking about testing Mussy. You know, uh, I, I, Abby I, works for the feds. He may be listening. Just, it's just it's it's that he's in Alex's head. That's, that's what in it Alex's is. Head. <laughs> no, you know, uh, Abby and hey, Alex. By the just way, ignore, is, ignore the black vans outside your apartment. This is a good opportunity too, Philip. Uh, we haven't seen that trophy in a long time, and since Alex is in the chat, maybe you could show us the trophy. Yeah, sure. Well, let me just pull out a little bit. There you go. It's the beautiful trophy. You know, I, and don't let its small size diminish how great this trophy is. As I said, it's made with premium trophy components, brass on the top. You know, it's 100% metal. It's mm -hmm. really good. But, Weren't uh, you also saying, cool. Philip, that watching it on, on the screen was as close as he was going to get to it? <laughs> <laughs> we weren't going to say that. We weren't oh, going to say that. Philip, I really think that you should put it in its place of honor back on top of the Oh, show. sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm putting it next <clears> to the whole screen. Know, and I'm going to put it next to uh, the picture of my wedding. 30, 30 years plus one week. So, you know, two greatest events in my life, right? Not even <laughs> the birth of my kids, getting married and winning this trophy. Eating Alex, getting married. What's that one? And Alex, look at that jersey he wore just for you. It says, who won? Who, who won indeed? We all know who won. <laughs> Philip Millman. <laughs> And baseball highlights 24-85 chairman. We were talking about Tussie Mussy, nowhere near. Nowhere near uh, baseball highlights. But I will say, um, I picked it up just as a, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, the reason I picked it up was, uh, like many uh, local game stores, <laughs> the, the one that I really like to go to is, um, you know, struggling. Uh, I go to Labyrinth in D.C. It's, an, it's a phenomenal mm -hmm. board game store if you're ever in the D.C. area. Uh, please go to Labyrinth. Uh, the great selection, great people, uh, great, great staff that really know their games. And so, I was going there to pick up a game um, that I had pre-ordered, and my wife saw, oh, this looks interesting. And I said, all right, I'll, you know, for twelve bucks or whatever it is, I'll pick it up. And it turned out to be a real winner. Um, it's just this interesting decision of which card do I show you, so that I can get the card I really want. You know, board gamers always talk about something. We always talk about, oh, we want that game that has the I split, you choose mechanic, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we, we always say there's not a lot of them that have it. Here's one that has I split, you choose, yet you don't have perfect information. Yeah. You're, you're, you're trying to choose between two cards, and then that's where the poker gets into it, that exactly. little mind game. And how she did that in only 18 cards, I don't know. Right. And one, one of the things we are talking about is it's not just about cards. Each of the cards not only has heart points, but they also have special powers. Mm -hmm. And that's where is my is my opponent trying to that's psych right. me into taking this card that is really going to be bad for me, you know? So yes. yeah. Oh look, Nick says he's been to Labyrinth Games. Says uh maybe store Nick, where have you not been? You went to Singapore last week and this week he's in DC. Man. Well, he said he used to live four blocks away, which is an interesting neighborhood that has really changed uh, for the oh, better. Look, yeah, it was a it was an interesting neighborhood. Yeah, here's some of those cards we're talking about. The yep. Marigold with two points, but you have to discard one of your other cards, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. And and what's really kind of cool about it is, um, you know, evidently, and I didn't know this, but in the 1800s, bouquets, each flower had a specific message to it. Mm-hmm. And so those cards, if you took a look at the bottom, they say what that message for that particular flower is. And I think that, and it really ties into the special ability of that card. So it's really clever. And so it's actually a little bit more themey than you'd actually yeah. think it is. Yeah, we kind of know about it today. We know that red roses are for love and white roses are for friendship, but we've kind of lost all these other, mm-hmm. vic- is it Victorian, I think, Victorian, right? Yeah, yeah, Victorian, yeah. Victorian area of things. And the it was so language. cool. It was so cool that, uh, you know, that, that Elizabeth saw this and talked about it. And the funny thing is, if you Google Tessie Mussie, you better put board game in there because if you don't, I didn't realize there are hundreds of websites dedicated oh, yeah. to oh, yeah. Mussie. I, I, I did make that mistake. I did make that mistake. It's not like other search mistakes I've made, but I did make that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to know what, what Steve and I really think, yeah, I know. That's not, it's a family friendly show. If, yeah. if, if, if you want to know what so Steve and I, I think on about it. it Wait, wait, wait. It's family friendly. Why am I on it? So Steve and I did a little conversational talk about our brother. I don't know if you even remember that, Steve. I didn't I didn't remember until I was Googling it, looking for pictures. I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, the, the conversational review? Yeah, the little conversational yeah, yeah, yeah. review. I remember that one. That's where the that's that, that's what I'm posting here with the pictures. Mm-hmm. They they didn't work on Facebook tonight, so I had to go to the actual thing. And there's Verla. She says, check it out. Button shy games. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and that's and it it comes in a very small packet. You can slip it into a wallet or into, or into a, a, a suit jacket pocket, which is what I when I wear suit when I was wearing suits. I've only I, played two button shy games, but I'm curious, Chat Crew, Philip, Steve, and maybe even Burl if she's played any of them. What are the top button shy games? Alex says he that he and Abby have been doing. Hello, Verla, what's up? Hey, Verla. Hey, Verla. Uh oh, we have her muted. On now, hello, Verla. Hey, friend. There she is. Yeah. How's it going? So we're talking oh, well. button shy game. Do you have a favorite button shy game? Um, I haven't played a whole lot. Circle the wagons, and that's mm-hmm. only been once, quite a while ago. And then right. Tussie Mussy, which is beautiful. Philip. Uh, well, since I've only played Tussie Mussy, I would have to say Tussie Mussy. Sprawlopolis. Sprawlopolis. Oh, I've heard about that. That it sounds good. It is such a good, it's a, again, it's cards as tiles, but you're laying out a, a city in front of you and scoring based on the landscape you create and That's, connecting with roads. Brilliant game to do. Is it, it kind of like, is it like tramways light? It's super small, but there are, the way they do it is kind of similar to the way they do in, in Circle the Wagons. Some of the cards you don't play as cards, some of them determine the scoring. So you turn up what uh, three cards that are scoring for that game. And Mm -hmm. that dictates how you have to build your city because you're trying to create it so that certain things are together or longest roads or all kinds. It's, it's a brilliant game Mm -hmm. packed into 18 cards. I just Mm -hmm. don't know how they get it in there. He says Sprawlopolis is smartly designed. All right. I'm going to have to look at that because I really like Tussie Mussie. Mm -hmm. Ellie Jean said you can, Kelly said you can play Tussie Mussie and circle the wagons on happy meeples. I had no idea. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I may have to check that out. How would, yeah. that, how would that work? I've always wanted to try Sporlopis and Circle the Wagons. I've only played Super Tall and uh, Tussie Mussie, and I like I liked, um, Tussie Mussie better. Mm-hmm. So. And and look, it's since I have my game back, you, you carry it around everywhere you go, right? Super yeah, it's like, it, I, I carry that. I carry Arboretum. Um, mm-hmm. And if I'm really in the mood, I, I might carry um, Isle of Trains. BJ from Morgan Gumbo, I've got my guests here, Philip Millman and Berlin. Steve and I are talking about a topic that is near and dear to all of our hearts, <laughs> especially me, because Gumbo headquarters, Maison of Gumbo, is moving. 
So I'm going to have to get rid of some games. The dreaded culling of the collection, Philip, and you have some experience with that, right? Not as much as my wife says I should. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chaku, talk about the, the agony, but the necessity for most of us, unless your name is Mr. Sean, of right. getting rid of because Sean does, apparently does not get rid of games. He just keeps building bigger and bigger houses. But, yeah, um, I, I have a buddy, Simon. Uh, so one of the things that I do in the board gaming world, outside of being a board game champion, Three time, yes. three time, is I'm also an admin to one of the largest board game groups in Facebook called the Board Game Group, which is you can see that there, and uh, it's a very good group. I'm one of the moderators, but one of the other moderators of it is uh, Simon Muncy, who it, we you know he basically lives in one house and has another house where he keeps all his games. So I, I keep saying that he'll never ever get a gift, but. Um, Look, there's so much, so much space, and and I, and I think one of the things uh, that I had to come to terms with is that as a gamer, my taste changed over time. Mm-hmm. So I started out, you know, ogre, which it was a callback to the game I played, commuting into high school uh, in the in, in the uh, early 1980s. An, an economic efficiency game. <laughs> Well, no, it was Ogre. It was the Steve Jackson game. Which <laughs> oh, is, an actual game. I thought an actual Ogre. No, no, no. But there was a buddy of mine who, we, you know, it took us an hour and a half to get to high school because we commuted to this science and math I high thought school. that was the game. Yeah, the well, sometimes it was. Sometimes it was. Yeah, sometimes it absolutely was. Uh, if you've ever heard the game Mornington Crescent, it was kind of like that except the New York version. Mm-hmm. That's a real callback that nobody's going to get. Yeah, I don't know that one. Um, so... Uh, Anyway, so we would play Ogre, and then when I got back into board gaming, you know, it was Ogre, it was Zombie Side, uh, it was uh, a, a silly little game, How to Serve Man, which is sort of a worker replacement resource game where you're cooking humans, which is, you know, always a good thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And and then as I got more and more into gaming, I started playing games like Lewis and Clark. Uh, I started playing games like Shakespeare, which have a lot more meat to them, and then I heard about some of these heavier games. At first, I was like, eh, 18xx, who the hell would want to play a railroad game? And then I found myself playing, um, you know, Lisboa, Gallerist, uh, 1830, Age of Steam, um, Yokohama, which isn't that heavy. But, you know, I, and, and then all these heavy, really heavy games are not uh, there yet. But then I have all these older games that, you know, I'm not going to play anymore. So... You know, I, I sold my entire zombie side collection to people who live in the neighborhood uh, at a discount. Uh, you know, there are games that I also know that I'll never see that the, the, they'll never hit the table. So one game that I personally like a lot, but I don't know how I'm going to get it to the table, is An Infamous Traffic mm. by Cole Worley. Now, the theme of the game is not a pleasant one. You are playing a British drug lord trying to push opium into China. Okay? I mean, that's the theme. And it's, and it's historically accurate. Uh, it's, you know, and, and it's meant to, you know, cause some of these conversations, but it's a really, really good game. And right now I could sell it at a, at a pretty good clip because it's out of print and there are people who still want it. I really love the game, but I know it's not going to get to the table. So do I make that culling decision? 
Are you a collector or a game player? That's the question. The the, the thing is, I'm probably both. And that's, but I I think one of the first things you have to decide is space. Steve and I always talk about Steve, where you live, you you have a defined space and that's Mm -hmm. the amount of board games. So, so people in the chat crew, they probably, for some of them, they've got a dedicated board gaming space. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it's one in, one out, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, like I, I just got rid of a, uh, like, but I also, I've also been getting better at getting rid of games quicker. So, mm-hmm. for instance, um, you know, I happen to love Scythe. I happen to love Viticulture. Love Jamie Stegmeier. I love those two Jamie Stegmeier games. Uh, and so I went and I got um, Tapestry and played it twice. I'm like, this is not for me. And I sold it. Well, actually, I traded it for something I was looking for. But just, you know, I got rid of that. Uh, I recently got rid of, you know, my entire Android Netrunner series because I'm never going to play that again. Mm. And I, I, you know, and I got rid of a whole and, a, and another smaller, a couple of smaller games for uh, uh, 1889 because I really want to play 1889. Um, you know, again, I'm becoming a, a, a huge train nerd. You know, Philip's bringing up a good point. So Oscar Valero, the Valero boys, if you have you ever seen him on Facebook, uh, Oscar's a huge trader. If you're on mm-hmm. the board game trading, you've seen Oscar's post. Mm-hmm. And what I like about Oscar that I just don't do well is he gets the games, plays them, and doesn't fall in love with them. He gets rid of them. He sells mm-hmm. them whenever they're mm-hmm. top dollar, like Aquatica. You know, it was super hot, and he sold it to me, right? Now, you know, if I tried to sell it, it wouldn't be worth as much. So mm-hmm. that, there's an almost an art to not falling in love with board games if you're going to want to cycle through as many of these, the hotness as you can. Well, well, and that's not for everybody, you know? Right. No. I mean, uh, look, I mean, I, I get it. You know, there's price and demand. I mean, having uh, having had a career in, in Wall Street, I, un- I understand those dynamics. Um, and, but you can't always time those markets correctly. And, right. and sometimes you take a bath and you have to be willing to take that bath to make the big numbers. But I, you know, but what I will do is, what I'm starting to do is, after I've played a game two or three times, I'll know pretty quickly um, to get rid of it. And, and, and so once you've made the decision to sell it, the next question, and this is to Nicholas's question on the chat, what's the best way to sell games? And that's a tough one. Um, All right, give best, me your best tip. What's your best tip? How do you get rid of your games? So the, I'll give you the hierarchy of how I like to do it. And... Number one, you can't Chris really says bury yourself in board games. And Chris, you're not late, by the way. We talked about asking for troubles. We reminded everybody it's coming out. So. We did. We did. Um, so what's so the hierarchy? What, the best way to do it is if there's any local sales, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. so in the Washington D.C. areas, there's the Congress of Gamers uh, every, and they they put on an event, a two day event every quarter. And so what they'll do is for, you know, five bucks, you can put your games there and then people and then you have prices and people can either buy them or not. And, and that way you don't have to worry about shipping. And it's very simple. Right. And that's the easiest. Yes. In COVID-19 pandemic times, you can't do that. Yeah, um, so uh, what I do is uh, there's a there's a couple ways I sell it. First is uh, the board game group also has a, a group dedicated to selling board games. Uh, that's pretty active. So. Uh, be the TBG buy, sell, and trade. Right. Um, that's first. The second uh, I'll do is I'm in a bunch of Slack groups. I will post, hey, I got these games anybody want. And then when that doesn't work, I, I try to do it through BGG, either through an auction or now BGG, um, 
they can't really enforce it, but basically they want three. I think they want three percent for each of the sales, and that helps to keep their servers running. And, and yeah, that's, I'm happy to see that. And, I'm, yeah. and that's totally fine. Um, the real issue is the shipping. I mean, shipping is very expensive is. unless you're like BJ and you know you, you run a multi-million dollar company and and you right. have uh, certain deals with you know UPS or. Or, or FedEx or something. Sure. Uh, so. sure. That is not <laughs> Steve, uh, you're you're active in the trading game, right? I am, and what, you know, Philip's, Philip's right. You know, higher end is where all the money's at. Yeah. Uh, so I am not. I'm As a son of a professor, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I am completely concerned with um, with shipping because I will probably end up trading more than I sell. Um, because I know that the money is going to go right back into a game anyway, most likely. Mm-hmm truth of the matter, if I'm going to be honest with you. And I think being honest with yourself is an important part of what Philip's talking about here. Am I going to play this game again? If not, have I grown out of it? Could somebody else right. enjoy this game like I used to enjoy this game? Mm-hmm. If so, it's got a new home someplace. And, and it should it should move there. And, and the um, other thing, I, 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 this is something I, I try to stress. And one of the things that I, I, I really find funny is like, oh, well, I'm not getting the value for the game. No, you've already gotten the value yes. in the game. Yes. So, for instance, I... Uh, Zombie side, right? And I had all the original stuff, and I have mo- uh, the miniatures that are no labyrinth does, but they're not doing it this year. Um, and they also do it on a Saturday, which is a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the but lab, you know, and I had you know miniatures that are you know that there's huge demand for like fifty bucks for the little miniatures right. for specific ones. And I sold my entire set for all to. First of all, they were. People in my community, they, they live less than a mile from my house. I've been to their house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I knew their kids would love it. But I've also played that game probably close to 50 to 60 hours. Right. So, you know, if you put a value on your game playing, like $10 an hour, just or, you know, how much is it to go see a movie? $8 an hour, right? Because a two-hour movie costs you 16 to 20 bucks. I've already gotten my value. And so mm-hmm. I'm getting some money back, sure. Right. But for me, it's not a – and this is for me, and maybe it's different for other people. But for me, it's – if I've already reached the value for that game, whatever I sell just helps me get mm-hmm. value in another game. And that's why I, I that's why I actually – I'm very clear. It's not a shelf of shame if you haven't played a game. It's a shelf of opportunity. It's an opportunity yeah. for you to learn something, to play it, to see if you like it. And if you don't like it, that's great. Sell it and move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dylan says thinking that games want to be played keeps his co- collection small. That's a point that you just mentioned, Steve. Maybe somebody else has that. What, yeah. what about you, Verla? Can you let go of your games? Are you, you know, there I, I can and I have been. I actually just was texting with my brother this morning asking if he wanted a copy of the game that he was like, I thought you loved that game. Why, why are you getting rid of it? I was like, well, I know you like it. And for me, it just doesn't spark joy. Like there's so many other things <laughs> I'd rather be playing. Yeah. Um, and I've also gotten smart and I've got a friend that is totally on top of all the hotness and buys everything. I had a couple of friends like that actually. So yeah. I wait and they want someone to play with anyways. So I play it with them and then yeah. decide if I need to own it or not myself. And mm-hmm. that's kept my collection. You always, you can always pawn it, it off on your mom. I mean, you just yeah. mentioned a game. Well, that works too. She gets excited. I wish my mom played board games. You you know you still have access to it if it goes on to Kelly's Kelly's Chris, Exactly, Chris, exactly. Yeah. Chris is not a seller. Hey, I'm like Nick. I actually have been for six months, I was piling up all these games that I love. Uh, Im, you know, um, Imperial Settlers. Oh my God, I love that game. I just don't play anymore because Empires of the North came out. So, hey, sorry, Philip. <laughs> no, 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 but, no. I no Empires of the uh, I would uh, Imperial Settlers. I got rid of as soon as I got Fifty First State. 
yeah. because I like oh, fifty because I, I, I just think it's a better game. I don't I don't like the communal deck and I don't like the uh, I don't like the theme at all. I'm not a Mad Max guy, but love I the like, Imperial Southern theme. He, well, I own an Australian cattle dog, which is a Mad Max yeah. dog, and so therefore I love it. Well, what I was true. saying is that I was getting this nice pile of games on my uh, on my shelf at my office, ready to go to Sobo, our Southern Board Game Fest. We were going to have a big garage day sale through Anubis, our local sponsor, our local game store. You know, they're going to get a little bit of money, but mm-hmm. I'm happy with that because it's a big place for me to sell my games, right? And then COVID came, and now I'm stuck with this big shelf of games that I've been promising my wife were not coming back to the house. Yeah. So now what do I do? They got to stay yeah. in the office. Yeah. Yeah, I, like the no. way Phil, I like the way Philip said it, though, is if you, if you feel like you've already gotten value. The thing that I find that people have problems with when they're traders is thinking that they have to win a trade. Uh, and when you uh, have somebody like that who thinks, well, I know what this is worth and I have to, I have to either get equal or fleece the other person, uh, you're, uh, you're in trouble when you think okay. of it that way. First of all, never, I'm, I'm a former trader. Okay. So never trade with somebody who plays fantasy football or fantasy baseball because then they're going to always want or, or you know somebody that thinks it's a used car deal and I've got to beat the other person. Yeah. Right? See, mm-hmm. see the, the the thing that most people don't care. Okay. So this is this is where my mind always comes in, and and this is going to be a little technical, so I apologize. Mm-hmm. I used to trade in, and I used to be involved in the capital markets of fixed income, which are bonds, right? And what what do bonds put off every, every depending on the bond, either every month or every six months? Interest, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I thought it was gin, uh, gin, gin, uh, mar- um, <laughs> gin and tonics. No, my friend, we drink the gin. best stuff. We drink the best stuff. Uh, tequila, no, uh, <laughs> shaken, not stirred. <laughs> Don't forget, yeah, no, 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 not, not, not James Vod- vodka bond. martini, mortgage backed securities, martini, corporate bonds, it. sovereign bonds, right. whatever. Right. But one of the things that you get as you own these bonds is interest. Mm-hmm. If you think of board games as like bonds. You've already been paid They've as paid you play dividends. as you They've play paid. them, so yes. the the value proposition becomes very different. And if I'm never going to play a game again, like Zombie Sides, mm-hmm. um, I agree with you, Sean. By the way, uh, it, it I've already earned the interest that I want on it, and when mm-hmm. I sell it, even though I'm selling it at a significant discount, which you know, and from what I'm seeing in you know, you can when you go to BGG, there's the BGG market, so you can see where things sold in different conditions and different mm-hmm. currencies. I've already received the benefit, yeah. And so, so if I spent, you know, perfect example, tap, tap, uh, tapestry, right? I spent eighty bucks for tapestry because I pre-ordered it through uh, Stonemeyer. I played it twice. It it instantly, I instantly realized it was not a game for me because of various things that I don't like about it. And then I said, all right. Well, I've spent eighty bucks. I've played it now. Mick, why are you doing that? Four, <laughs> why are you doing that, Mick? Yeah, sorry, Mick. The, the, the trophy came got... out, and so did the shirt. Yeah, just I was like, even wearing your like, shirt, Mick. You know, you just know, like Philip. Philip and I both wear green. So does Starla. We were I, we were looking at. I it. think Philip should show off that trophy one more time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, but just out. very quick. Oh, but, twist his arm. Yeah, twist my arm. But very quickly, <laughs> I played Tapestry <laughs> twice. I played Tapestry twice. That's about four hours worth of play. I played it with a, a variety of people. I had a good time with the people that I was playing with, even though I didn't particularly like the game. I've already got my eighty dollars worth. So when I've traded it, eh, you know, I'm not, you know, so I traded it for about fifty dollars. But what's? But let me get the that's let me get the trophy because that's oh, the important. Please, please, we haven't seen it. 
10 minutes. Yeah, so uh, somebody mentioned uh, Johnny Pack. Hey, Johnny, what's up? Johnny Pack mentioned mm-hmm. board game company. Alex, uh, Steve, you and I have uh, traded with Alex many times. And every yes. time I think, oh, man, I'm giving up all these games. and I'm only getting three or four of these games. And you always tell me, but are you still having joy? And then when I get that package of those mm-hmm. three or four games that I've been wanting to play for months and months and months. Right. And I've given up games that I wasn't even playing at all. Right. All of a sudden, I'm happy again. And when you can right, do that, as, when you can do that as a big deal, though, too, BJ, you can you can maximize the shipping and get assistance for someone who is shipping a lot. Mm-hmm. You're really turning it over at a at a cost to you that is not that bad, and getting back something you want. That's All a win. Right, so let's, let's, give him, let's give him the solo. Philip Millman got to show off that trophy. Here you go, Mick. Take a look. Look at this. Dave said, how can you pick that thing up? It's all 100% heavy metal, man. You know what? Training. Lots and lots of training. There's some real guns here. Even though it looks like bat, there's some real guns here. (laughs) Welcome to the gun show. That's right. Yes, that's right. Three-time baseball champion, Mick. He's here. He's got his trophy, he's, and that is awesome. Mick, we, you missed it. We actually had a picture of, uh, of Philip in a an Our Family Plays Games t-shirt. In yeah, green. And, and, Starla and, green. I'm still, and I'm still waiting for Mick and Starla to invite me to their show. I mean, clearly, you know, the Nebraska uh, – my Nebraska colleagues really should enjoy some of the – Wonderful stories that I tell about winning this trophy three I, times. I, I'm sure we're going to get some pictures of that. All right. Now, Philip, this is a board game show. Yes. And you're supposed to be good at board games. We're going to yeah. find out tonight how good you are. Can you beat the chat crew tonight? So, Steve's, Steve's if it's area control, I lose. <laughs> Steve's cooked up something we like to call jambalaya. I, I think I'm going to need my reading glasses for these, right? Is it Burla's Jambalaya now? Is, is that what the deal was with uh, Jeremy? We just play in it. All right. So another episode of Verla's Jambalaya starting. Steve, get, tell Philip how the game is played. I'm going to get right, So the, the setup for this is this is basically a, a verbal mashup here. We've done a little bit of digging into the history and the deep, dark history of Philip Millman. You Come promised not with, to talk about Tijuana. Just, we we agreed that we were going to hold that off. That'll be, you know, <laughs> afterwards in the green room, we'll hear, we'll hear the war stories. Um, but we've, we've dug in and created some little clues for you for things that are going to be mashups of things that you've done before or games that you like or things mm-hmm. from your history. Mm-hmm. And put it together with board games as much as possible. We'll give you the clue. You've got to try to puzzle out what the mashup is. And we'll give mm-hmm. you an example to see what it's like. But the chat crew is going to be racing you. Chris, yeah, Jambalaya, you've been missing it, my man. Uh, it's back. Um, the chat crew is going to try to beat you to figure out what the answer would be. Mm-hmm. Cool. Right. We'll, we'll keep track of it. In um, I'll keep track of it in the uh, – BJ, you want to read and I'll keep track? I've got it right here. Yep. Cool. I'll keep track in the, in the uh, doc and you can read them all. <laughs> Yep. All right. Sounds good. So let's give you let's give you one a sample one so that you can kind of see a pretty mm-hmm. easy one to do. One that Steve came up with. If I gave you a clue of explore, expand, exploit, exterminate, and Phillips BGG handle, what would that be? <laughs> the X's would be four X's. Four X Wall Street guy. That's right. There's four the X Wall Street guy. Four X X Wall Street guy. You mash them together. So it's gonna be kind of. Pulling. Oh, I have to. Ma- I have to do the mashing myself. You have to do yeah, the mashing. Oh no. Yep. Yeah. Some of them are, are true mashups. Some of them are kind of puns. But we'll see I, how they do. So, I'm a math guy. I don't know if I can speak this English language too good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right, now, Philip. Do you understand the rules to jumble? Yes, I understand. It. Are you as good at Hank as Hank Williams was at jambalaya? Let's find out. All right. So Hank Good Williams singer. Senior. Hank Williams Sr., by the way. Yes. All right. Senior. So so are we ready? 
We're ready. A famous English explorer who circum- circumnavigated the world looking for the Seinfeld-approved dessert. Either the junior or the big boy. What are we talking about, chat crew? Can you take Philip down there? Bertle, you've already seen these. Yep. I'm keeping my mouth shut here. All right. I'm thinking it's like a Francis Drake uh, cheesecake. Oh, it's on the right track. Can the, can the chat steal it? He's so close. Keep going. Keep going, Philip. Francis, you said juniors, right? Not juniors, but it was a Seinfeld episode with a guy in a coma. And they were talking about this particular dessert that you can buy in the grocery stores in New York. Oh, oh it's so good. See, I don't, I've never watched a Seinfeld. Oh, <laughs> no. Wait, I went with the, I went with the New Yorker? York connection and figure you had to have it. No, I didn't watch it. Um, oh, okay. You're the first New Yorker I've ever met that hasn't watched it. Wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't know Magello. What, what is Magello? Is that the green stuff know. you get at the hospital when you're sick? That's your jello. Like oh, that's you can't your have my jello. That's your jello. There it is. Chris Strain says Francis, Francis Drake. Coffee cakes. Oh, Francis coffee, coffee cake. cake. Okay. Yeah. Give that All one right. to Christian. Christian. Yeah. I was right. really close, but I think thinking yeah. cheesecake. You were right there, but I think you, you led him most of the way. Mm. Yeah. All right. So let's go to another one. This, this will give you an easy one, Phil. We're going to kind of go high, low on this one. Ready? That's fine. That's sort mm-hmm. of my life story. Philip's local convention and the best trading game in the Mediterranean. Say that again? Phillips local convention and what BJ and Steve oh, say. Washington Concordia. There it is. Washington Concordia. That's right. <laughs> I, oh, you wow. definitely beat the chat on that one. Oh, did they? Did he beat it? Yeah. Oh, he yeah, definitely did. It. There's chat, no I way they would know about Washington Phillips watching. I mean, uh, Steve and Verlo are watching to the chat. So when, when mm-hmm. I'm looking, the, the chat is way behind. So um, mm-hmm. I don't always know where they went. Okay, that, that's a good one. That's Philip tied up one one. Mm-hmm. All right, so ready? The mm-hmm. scoundrels of Skullport know that you will get corruption if you choose the wrong kind of pizza. Oh my God, Steve! He posts about this all the time. All the time. It's like half deep of the dish skulls. Have, deep dish skulls. No, no. You're on the right track. No, no. But the scoundrels of Skullport is the clue there. I know it's yeah, Lords Washington of Waterdeep, but it's Lords of, Matt, Lords of De- Deep Dish. Lords of Water Deep Dish. You got Lords it. of Water, Lords of water got Deep Dish. Big deep apple, di- baby. No, no, I would like to point out that Deep Dish, I do enjoy, but it's not pizza. It's a bread casserole. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick, Nick was close. Nick he, was right there. Did he get it before Philip? I think, I don't think again, so. I, I think it was right on his heels. Yeah, it was right okay. on my heels. Mm. It was close. It was like 30 seconds behind. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> Philip, most people think that Space Oddity is David Bowie's big astronaut song, but they always forget about this one, about a game designed by Vital Lacerda. They always forget about this one. Our old buddy, David Bowie. David Bowie. Nice shoot. Come on, chat crew. This is your chance. He's struggling. Oh, because there's so many good David Bowie songs. It's tough yeah. for Philip because David Bowie is like 10 years after him or 20 well, years Well, no, there were so many David Bowies. You just have to not be Ziggy Stardust. You might have to be the Thin White Duke for this one. <laughs> oh, oh, I can't think of the name of the song. Okay, so, so, so go, yeah, go go with the go with Vitalis Serta. I always try to give hints, Stephen. You got to go there with Vitalis on this We one. need Alex to sing, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, so Alex is watching, and he said, uh, 
Oh. oh, I think so. Yeah. Are you guys watching the Facebook or are you watching the? Uh, I'm this? watching public chat. So yeah, am no, I. Right? Yeah, don't watch the public chat. You got to watch it on okay, Facebook. I'll get over to the Facebook one. Okay, thanks, brother. Because uh, mm-hmm. public chat will be with me and it's going to be with us. If it's, if it's a dispute, I'll make that one a tie. Yeah, Alex. Oh. I'm going to give, I think Nick gets that one. You think I, Nick? Okay, put it to the uh, And there's a delay. I think Nick Nick gets it. So. I, I cannot think of the... I think we're going to have to call this because the chat crew is not coming up with yeah, it. Take a look like at it. the lawman beating up the wrong guy. Steve, what is it? Life on Mars. Life oh. on Mars. Oh, you know, I forgot about that song. It's a yeah. good song. It's such a good song. You know, when you're talking about favorite listening, I really like the one play I had of On Mars. I really, really enjoyed, but I haven't played it again, so... And I also think at four players, it, it drags on too long. So I want to try it at two or three players. Anyway, sorry. Leave that one. No, All right. I'm going to leave that one. Yeah. Give me that one. I wrote it. You can't get right. it to me. No one got it. So you get that one. Okay. <laughs> have, you heard right. game, have you ever heard a game called Baseball Highlights 2045, Philip? Uh, maybe. Alex Goldsmith keeps trying to push Baseball Highlights 2045 Boulder up the Philip Millman Hill. And it just keeps rolling back down on him. In Greek mythology, Alex would be Sisyphus. Mm-hmm. He would oh. be Philip something and rival. What would that be? Oh, arch, arch, arch nemesis and rival. <laughs> so put it together. He's so arch arch Sisyphus. Arch, arch Sisyphus. Arch nemesis. He got it. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. I heard him say it. Arch nem- uh, Arch Sisyphus. Arch Nemesis Sisyphus. Arch Nemesis Sisyphus. Am right? That's hard to say. You, it, it is it hard was, to say. Sisyphus is such an interesting character. It's not supposed character. to be easy. I'm uh, supposed well, to be easy. I knew immediately who, who, who the, uh, yeah. the Greek guy was. Right. I also find it interesting that the Greeks' greatest punishment was work without uh meaning meaning mm-hmm. yeah. interesting. interesting deep thoughts from philip millman bj board game gumbo we're playing jambalaya and we've got our next clue here are you ready yeah i'm ready carl chuddick's multi-use game has an interesting theme but the new one that he's got is all about the wonders of lathering up before a hot shave cool <laughs> <laughs> Glory, uh, glory to shaving cream. Yes. Oh, oh, now you see when you start saying it, the chat crew is going to pick up on what you're putting down. Keep, keep giving it. To yeah, me. but the problem is I'm an extrovert, so I, I, if I'm not talking, I'm not thinking. Poor Mandy. Uh, Mandy talked uh, talked out her answers every time, and she would always get it, but the chat crew right. listened to her, and they she would poach. Oh, Mister Sean. Oh, Sean's. Oh, glory to foam. Oh, that's good, Sean. That's good. You got it. That's Lord, good. Nicely done, Mr. Sean. Very good. I would have gotten there maybe. All right. That was one from me. Now we've got one from Alex. So you really need to pay attention to this one. Oh, God. And hopefully I'm saying it right. Simeon Varlamov? Varlamov. Varlamov. He doesn't give up goals very easily. So I'm assuming mm. he's a winger. But he's not out there alone. The same kind of cooperation you need to keep from drowning in this classic co-op. So let me read that one again. Semyon Varlamov doesn't give up goals easily. Mm-hmm. But he's not out there alone. The same kind of cooperation you need. Oh, Spirit <laughs> Islanders. That's That'll a work. One. That'll work. But it's not the answer. It's not the answer. Are you kidding? That's a classic no, but co-op. I, he's got the right idea for that one. 
But the same kind of cooperation you need to keep from drowning in this classic co-op. There's your hints, Philip. Drowning. Okay, Forbidden Islanders. There he goes. There he goes. I didn't see somebody else poach that one. Did you Verla? see it, Verla? I haven't seen it. No, I think no he, but I, I think like he, Spirit Islanders better. I'm, you know, you, you, you I, got the idea. I, Alex, oh, I don't I have my Islanders shirt. shirt. Uh, I don't I have my Islanders it. mask with me. Oops. I hate to say this, but Alex, Philip beat you again. Spirit <laughs> Islanders is better. <laughs> we'll, add it, we'll add it to the list. Just <laughs> it's just a, right. a growing list. We got another one from Alex here. It's okay. a showdown. One Chinese restaurant cook against a specialized piece of equipment. One will walk off a winner in this culinary competition. What is the game? That is, that is a tough one, Alex. That is really mean. That's a tough one. Well, I know what the game is, but I'm trying to think of it's Mega Chopstick. It's Dexterity Mega Chopstick 3000 by uh, Mayday Games. But I'm trying to think. What was, can you read, read the re- report again? Can you read it again? Mm. It's a showdown. One Chinese restaurant cook against a special against a specialized piece of equipment. One will walk off a winner in this culinary competition. Okay, Alex, I read it again, and I see where you're going. He's got all these little hidden clues in there. Okay, mm-hmm. it's a showdown. One Chinese one Chinese restaurant cook against a specialized piece of equipment. One will walk off a winner in this culinary competition. Oh my God. That's a lot of hints there, Alex. I, yeah, I, but you have to you have to read them, not hear them. One will walk. walk. I, I, I heard the walk. Walk off. Chinese. Walk off a winner in this culinary. Co- yeah, I'm not saying walk. I'm saying walk. W a l k. Yep. You did. You, you, you did. I think he's stuck. I don't think he's got it. Jack. I don't. I don't think so. Anybody? Check room. Because everybody thinks there's only one baseball game? Well, I think they're hearing walk, and they're thinking walk. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think, Alex, I think this is where you threw them off. Because yeah. walk sounds like walk. No, it's like a walk-off in a particular sport. And Which it's is a one baseball. versus one, baseball. The walk-off comes at the bottom of, of the, the ninth. Of the rice. Bottom oh, of the bottom rice. of the rice. Oh, yeah. Bottom of the ninth is such a game I got rid of so quickly. <laughs> that is a great game. Oh, I didn't enjoy it. Walk star baseball. baseball. I like that one. I think that's a better one. Because mm-hmm. I was, oh, I, you know what? Walk star by Powers Games. Yep. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a good one, too. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. Back to me here. Ready? I love Elizabeth Hargrave's new bite sized I split you choose game. But it's this new one that she's got is based on the old NBC lineup of classic sitcoms on Thursdays. So it's a nice but you choose game, but based on the old NBC lineup of classic sitcoms. Oh, must-see CTV. He's, he's good. Put, it, put, put the whole name of the game in there. Oh, must-see Tussie, must-see TV. Oh, Tussie, must-see CTV. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Got the names reversed on Mussy Tussy or Tussy Mussy. It's like I can never remember. You got that one. That was a good one. Yep. All right, here we go. Hey, has that convention in Philly been canceled yet? Because I really wanted to play a stripped down version of Cole Worley's best area dominance game about Afghanistan. <laughs> PAX, PAX Premier Unplugged or PAX Unplugged Premier. <laughs> Told you you'd like that one. I yep. do. I do. Because we talked one. about Pax Unplug. 
Marlon Knights is a better app than a game on the table. You know, Alex, I see your point there because it is a fiddly game. The one thing I don't like about Bottom of the Ninth, and I, I've thrown that mechanic out, which is a variant inside the rules. I, I don't do the speed rolling. It's I just don't like it. It takes yeah. one out of the game. I don't like the speed rolling. So, all right. Marilla, did, you, did you see evidence on that one that Mr. Sean got in there first? I did on not. The previous one for Tussie Must See TV. Alex uh, said, John, I, I don't see I it. Yeah, because we're in delay. It's hard. To, it's hard for us to tell. Yeah, I don't. Where, the Pax Unplugged actually that? can't get canceled because I don't know if it did or not. But I think Philadelphia is not allowing anything, so I don't know how they're. Yeah, Sean did say Tussie must see. It's must see TV though. It, it really is must see TV. That was the tag. I'm going to give it to Phil on this one. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Phil on this one. He okay. had the right one. The ump, the ump makes the final call. Hey, Philip. Yes, our buddy Jason there. He mm-hmm. can design a game about any theme, but I mm-hmm. think he's trying to stretch it with this new one he's got. It's an economic game about pilots in the private jet sector. I don't see how he's going to pull it off. Oh, pilots of the, uh, uh, captains of the Gulf Stream. Yes, he's got it. Quick, he's quick. There was, was not much. Wait, wait. So about first that of one. all, captains of the Gulf, great game, and I've and I've taught it for uh, board games in Bourbon. And then secondly, I used to want to work on Wall Street, and most of the clowns had you know at least shares <laughs> in Gulf Streams. Yes. There's no way the chat crew got that one. So I'm no, no. too fast. They did not. Definitely. You know, I'm not as dumb as I look. People have, people have missed the jambalaya here, BJ. We might have to, you know, invest in the uh, the effort to make one of these games each time. Oh, you know, you bring I would, I would love to be part of that, making up some of these. these oh, hey, well, please. Really, the reason is that we're lazy. That's why we don't make it. That's right. Philip, did you know that you got a dog? Yeah, oh, yeah, I did. It's got a new job, though. Oh. Stomping Cabernet Sauvignon with his big paws in this modern worker placement classic. <laughs> Say that again, please. Philip's dog has a new job. It's stomping Cabernet Sauvignon with its big paws <laughs> in this modern worker placement classic. Steve, I love that clue. That's just fan. That's good work. That's good. Uh, Australian. Alex, I hesitate to read this one because I have friends over there, but <laughs> you're Australia... right. Wait, wait. Austra- uh, Australian. They are experts at publishing games that are better as apps. Signals of the Multiverse. I mean, I, I don't play that game, but everybody I know says it's an amazing app. Yes. Okay. Sh- After it's coming, it's coming. It's yeah. Probably, probably I, yeah. The next Spielworks Kickstarter it's coming out. So mm-hmm. You'll see it. Yeah, they're now talking September or October for the Kickstarter is what I heard from Jason. So um, Nick is close. Nick is on the right track. Nick is close, but he doesn't but have does he oh, know Australian for- viticulture does- dog. Does he know his dog's name? Oh, well, he's Vinny. It's Viniculture. Viniculture. Sometimes they're really stupid. It's just Viniculture. I'm like, wait, Australian cattle dog, blue healer. Ah, Viniculture. Cute. All right, that's kind of inside baseball. Sorry, Nick. Yep. That would be tough. You'd have to you'd have to really follow Philip on. And he's and he's not really he doesn't really post on Facebook much. <laughs> all right never never all right here we go you ready at least that's not po- Ooh, politics we only have three left chat crew and it's close i think philip's got you guys tonight but it's close mm-hmm. we got three we always thought that baseball originated in the 1830s but there's new evidence that shows that beantown 
had a farm team in the Caribbean as far back as the 17th century. Did you know that, Philip? Did, did you not? Know but that's not why I'm telling you the story. In this Alexander Pfister game, you actually managed the team. Mar I don't want to He's say He's learning. It. He's not saying the name out loud. He started and caught himself. Markai baseball? Mm. Mm. Man, should I read that clue again? I think you might need to read the clue again. He missed it. We always thought the baseball originated in the 1830s. Alexander right. Cartwright heard the whole story. But there's new evidence showing that Beantown had a farm team in the Caribbean. And Alexander's Fister's game, you manage the team. Wow. I think we've stumped him. We've stumped him. Chat crew, he mentioned a game name, though. He this did. And BJ the city. Yeah, oh, for the win. Sean got Sean's it. Sean's got it. Yeah, Sean's got it. Socks to Maracaibo Socks. Right, because you said Bean Town, right? I, close, Maracaibo 18X. <laughs> That'd be funny. Apparently, you can add XX to almost anything. Right? Exactly. Yeah. At least Two it's left. not triple X. Two left. Let's stick with that Pister theme. Mm-hmm. Oh. This, one, this one's a reach here. I'm not sure if uh, – we'll see if this one's coming. Port Royals. That's funny, Alex. Fister's multi-use card game is being redone with art by a cartoonist who Philip might know if he read Dragon Magazine in the 1980s. I know I did. Others may know him from Girl Genius. I don't know that reference, but I mean, everybody. I know, that I know, I know who the artist is. I've actually met him. Oh, yeah. Twice. Oh, cool. See, you okay. Know that. So now you just need the game. Yeah. So say the, say the clue again. Fister's multi-use card game is being redone with art by a cartoonist who Philip might know from Dragon Magazine. Trying to remember which one Fister. Fister's multi-use card game is being redone with art by a cartoonist who Philip has met. That'll help the chat crew. Not at all. Chris says he still needs to play. Great Western Folio? No. Multi-use card game being redone with art by a cartoonist. It may, it may be a Fister game that I don't know. Oh, you know what? Oh, okay. It's a, it's a deck of cards, basically. Yeah, um, I probably don't know it. Check crew. Chance to steal. He's given he's you the name. You got the name. The Check crew family. It's your chance to steal. At least, I had the artist, right? At least I had the artist. You do have right. the artist, right? The artist is Phil Folio. Mm -hmm. All right. he's, a, he's actually taller than I would have expected him to be, but he spent a lot of time in Chicago with the girlfriend of his. Mick was, is on the right track there. So close. Mick oh, so oh, my folios? Put the, flip them, reverse oh, it. Oh, uh, uh, folios, oh, my? <laughs> You'll have to say it, Steve. Folio, my goods. Oh, Folio, oh, my no. goods. I've never played all my goods. That's yeah, the one. All right. All right. Last chance. Last chance. I think I'm this doing... is a solid finish. I like this one. This is a solid finish. Oh, man. It's pretty close. Steve, Steve total it I'll do, up I'll do a me. I'll do a little bit of math. All right. Here we go. Math? Good. What's that? Oh, man. Look at that. Sean Jones is right there. Sean oh, my right. goods. Patrick Newman, you didn't read Dragon Magazine in the 80s? Oh, man. It's such good, funny cartoons. Oh, all right. there were some really funny ones. Yeah. yeah and actually, Cards on the Magic. Don't forget... Um, yeah, he has, he has some of those too. Yeah, some early magic cards like um, the the torture oh, cards. You know what? I think I have some of his uh, comic art. Some of his um, 
graphic novels with me, Phil uh, Buck Godot. Just throwing that out there. Here you go. Last one. The Good Doctor's recent family card game about correctly punctuating a list of three or more items. And that's it. It's all we're giving you. Say that one more time, please. The good He's leaning doctors. in. He likes it. He, he doesn't know it, but he likes it. The good, good doctor. doctor. Recent family card game about correctly punctuating a list of three or more items. Mm. Code what? who? Code who? I didn't know this. Well, Chris's brother. It's art for Dragon Magazine. Mm. Co- code Code who? No. Good doctor. The good doctor. Who do we know is the good doctor? doctor besides doctor, besides Doctor Gumbo. Doctor Who. Designer. No. The good doctor's recent family card game about correctly punctuating a list of three or more items. You know what? I don't even know if Phil plays well, this. Phil plays this level of game. That's the problem. I mean, the only that. doctor that I know that's a board game designer is Peter Hawes, uh, who mm. did one Francis more famous. Peter Hawes. A very prolific doctor. Maybe, maybe, a, maybe a hint would be a bow tie wearing doctor. Well, I was thinking Doctor Who, but who wears bow ties? Mm. True. Or one of the doctors did. Doctors who wear wow, bow Jack ties. Wow, was strangely silent. Sean knows the game, but he doctor. doesn't want to say it out All loud. Right. All right, Sean. About correctly punctuating a list of three or more items. There's your clue. What do we got? <laughs> Johnny Peck. Yes! Yes, Johnny Peck. Johnny, who's... Johnny, Johnny? Peck says... Johnny Oxford Peck got the answer. Llama. It's the Oxford Llama. It's the Oxford Llama. Oh. <laughs> it's finally coming to him, yeah. I Phillip, play Llama. I like Llama. It's a so cute Philip, you look like somebody other than you looking at your trophy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to screenshot that. I am going to screenshot that. Yep. The Oxford Llama. Well That's played, right. Johnny Pack. That's very good. That's oh, very good. Why do I spell it that way? Yeah, Oxford Llama. That's yeah. right. Oxford Llama. That's, That's very Dr. good. Dr. Reiner Knizia, the good doctor, the bow tie. I didn't realize Reiner Knizia was a doctor. Yeah, yeah. He's actually a mathematician, right? Oh, oh, because Peter Hawes, the designer of Francis Drake, is an actual physician. No, he's a PhD oh, doctor. Oh, gotcha. So well, I was thinking, I was thinking medical doctor, not PhD mm-hmm. doctor. Even Damn, though my yeah. father's a PhD doctor, so that shows right. you how screwed up I am. Steve, give us the wrap up. I think Philip does end up taking it at the end of things. So he is both yeah. the three-time champion of baseball <laughs> highlights and the one-time running jambalaya champion. And let me tell you, it's all about hard work. You got to work hard. You got to play hard. And even if it causes you to bleed a little bit, you keep playing. You know, if, you if we don't play this game for a while, he's going to be the continuing champion <laughs> of Jambalaya. A burly Jambalaya, I'm sorry. So, hey, that's your game time presented by Game Toppers LLC. Philip, make your game nights a showstopper when you play on a game topper. I actually now have the table downstairs in my family room after the massive amount of construction that we did in our house. And I am seriously thinking about hitting up Berkey for one of the, uh, I think, what are they, the Mycrofts, the ones that are four by six? Yeah, so he donated a Mycroft to our Southern Board Game Fest, <laughs> the supporter of the New Hope Foundation, which the Southern Board Game Fest runs. And I'm telling you, that Mycroft table is fantastic. If you want to see it, you can go to some of our live streams from last year's con. No, I, I, I've seen these tables. Oh. I know how great they are. They, and and, and Berkey's such a great guy. 
They're amazing. Now, the, the 2.0s have the new um, cup holders. I'm not a fan of the first uh, version 1.0. They were they were beautiful. They were little gold metal things, but they're noisy and they clink around and everything. The new ones are phenomenal looking. I may have to do that. So, yeah, as Nick, as Nick says, do it. Go with a game topper. And Nick Nick and I meet at BGG. You know, they have a ton of the game, yeah, the game yep. toppers. So. Uh, look, I go to BGG every year, um, except this year. Yeah. Except this year. We'll yeah. see you next year at that. All right, well, Gamer, correct, don't do one, one refresh on the message, BJ? Yes, please. Uh, yeah. Yep. So um, we start at the beginning of the show. We mentioned in the middle. Um, we have been across the country dealing with um, natural disasters of all kinds of sorts. Good friends down in the Gulf. Hello, BJ. Dealing with um, aftermath hurricanes and tropical storms. Good friends in the Pacific Northwest. Hello, Verla. Dealing with... Um, fires and wildfires and smoke and, and, and loss of property and, and fear. What we thought we would do at the beginning of this here is put out that people in the chat, if you could say you would pledge something to a disaster relief charity of your own choice. We're just going to count up the number of people who say, yes, I'm in, I'll pledge, and I'll match you $25 for each person who pledges up to 250 to a donation uh, a charity of my choice or disaster relief as well. And thank um, you, Philip, for being a donator. And Philip kicked that. it off and get us started. Well, I'll keep checking the uh, the comments afterwards for people to get there because I don't think we're there yet. But you can, you know, part me with some money and put it in somebody's pocket. It'll do some good. Yep. Thank you, Steve, for taking the lead on that. That is fantastic. Yeah. It, it's needed down here on the Gulf Coast. It's needed out on the West Coast. It's needed in the Midwest with those uh, insane storms that they just went through. Sure. Um, and now I hear there's a hurricane on its way to Canada. Is that right? Canada. How about that? Yeah, there's what Teddy, Hurricane Teddy on its way. You guys up in the Northeast are going to see a little bit of it as it yeah. as it's there. Hurricane Teddy. Wow. So, what, what a year for a storm. So, all right, board gamers, that's it for another episode of Gumbo Live. I want to thank my guest, Philip Millman, for coming in. Hey, Philip, my, my people, pleasure. People want tips on how to beat Alex Goldsmith at baseball. How <laughs> well, how, first is, how do they get in touch with you? Well, first of all, uh, I can be reached on Twitter at the at board game rabbi. Uh, surprise, surprise, I'm Jewish. Uh, secondly, I can be found on um, Instagram at the at board game rabbi. And then uh, I don't remember what my Facebook handle is, but if you sign up to uh, the the board game group, which is the largest board game group on Facebook, I'm one of the admins there. Mm-hmm. You know, just you know, put in my name, two L's and Philip, and you'll find me. And you'll see a whole bunch of annoying pictures of uh, me in the baseball trophy. As we said, Philip, you can't spell rabbi without RBI. <laughs> exactly. And that's how you win baseball games. <laughs> Getting them home. Yeah, Philip, we really want to thank you for coming in. And, and Berlo yes. and Steve, I'm going to send you two down, uh, send everybody down in the green room, yep. and I'm going to close it out. I'm BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Nick, make sure to like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Gumbo. Helps us get the word out about all of our upcoming shows, including next week, everybody. We've got Monique and Naveen from mm. Before You Play. If you haven't seen their gameplay Good videos, stuff. they are some of my favorite out there. They're just such a chill couple. So it's going to be fun to have them back on the show for a full show. They just came in for a little pop-in, so it'll be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Philip, that was awesome, man. Thank you for coming in. Oh, I appreciate it. And I am BJ from Board Game Gumbo. And until next time, Philip, laissez-le bon temps rouler. Take care, y'all. Thanks for listening. Gumbo Live is produced by BJ Rosa and the name father, Steve O'Rourke, with editing by Sean Jones. You can find more Board Game Gumbo content by checking out our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter feed at Board Game Gumbo. 
or visit the Board Game Gumbo blog at BoardGameGumbo.com. Do you like an Imperial Stout with your favorite heavy Euro? How about a New England IPA with the latest thematic treasure? I'm Jake. And I'm Danielle. And Draft Mechanic is the podcast about board games, craft beer, and anything we can do to tie the two together. We've got reviews of hobby board games, the 411 on craft beer styles, news, and history, and every episode we put a different game on tap so you know exactly what brews to reach for when you pull it off the shelf. So sit back, relax, grab a pint, and we'll see you back here every other Monday and at draftmechanic.net for another round.